0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. Places, everyone, it's time for The, the Connor, Connor and Smith Show! Thank you, places. Tonight, we are very lucky to have uh, dubbed the ancient jazz priestess of, of Mother Africa, Lady Dane Figueroa Aditi. She is a black African, Cuban, indigenous American trans performance, performance artist and author. Helen Hayes-nominated actress, author, educator, speechwriter. Helen Hayes Award-winning playwright for Clytemnestra, an epic slam poem. um, And co-editor of the Black Trans Prayer Book. Um, We're very lucky to have this conversation. And a Helen Hayes Award-nominated choreographer as well. Um, So we are going to take a quick break, then we'll be right back with lady dane so we'll be right back
1: (laughs) how are you
2: i am good i'm good i'm really really good um it's You know, it's been a busy couple of months, um, but I'm doing, I'm, I feel great today. I'm probably, I like <laughs> rescheduled my eight o'clock, so I'm going to be probably like starting to get ready for bed a little bit earlier tonight, which is great.
0: <laughs> and you just, you just won um, a Helen Hayes for writing Clytemnestra, an epic slam poem this year, correct?
2: I did. I did. I mean, it was, it was. 2020. So it was like, you know, I won, I won last year, but it just came in the mail, honey. So, um, yeah, that was, it was really, really awesome to actually like be able to like hold the Helen Hayes. (laughs) It's mine, but it was like, Oh, work y'all. So that was nice. Yeah.
0: You, you and my husband, Matt here, both won this past year in this virtual awards. Like it was so weird. And then, Like, I think we were like, are they gonna send a statue? Is that still gonna happen? Um, And it came that night of the crazy tornado.
2: Oh yeah, there was, um, there was the tornado that was happening that evening with all the rain. Um, I remember, cause I just was like, oh, I need to go um, check my mail. And there was the statue and it was like, yeah, it was pretty, pretty awesome. It it was like delivered by the
0: tornado. I
2: know. That's what I was going to say. I was going to say I felt like the the tornado actually like probably was like carrying the awards with it and then like
0: (laughs) placed it neatly in the mailbox. (laughs) (laughs) So you've had a busy uh, pandemic time. What have you been up to?
2: I did. I did. So I have been um, working with Jay Mace III. He is uh, the co-director, along with myself, of the Black Trans Prayer Book. And we have been working on, um, we've been collaborating with two other directors on the documentary. So we've been doing some fundraising for that. Um, We... um, The collaborators of the Black Trans Prayer Book, the book itself, actually just won a Lambda Literary Award. So that was exciting. I have been doing a lot of writing, writing um, new plays. I have been um, working on Black Trans Women at the Center and Evening of Short Plays, which is a a program that I curate and co-produce along with Long Wharf Theater. Um, and so that's going to be streaming on August 4th. I'm directing one show in that there's three 10 minute plays, but I'm directing one of the plays as well. So I've been like basically curating that curation takes a lot of, a, um, a lot of time, a lot of intention, a lot of effort, a lot of like texting folks, calling folks, emailing folks, um, you know, trying to book folks for the thing, um, and what else have I been up to um, doing? Yeah, doing a lot of writing.
1: Um, and I've been acting in a few things as well, yeah. Where can people find you if they want to give money towards the documentary?
2: Yes, if people want to give money towards the documentary, you can actually, if you follow me on Instagram, you, um, the link is in my bio. You also can go to the blacktransprayerbook.org Um, That's the blacktransparentbook.org, and there's a link directly to the GoFundMe. Um, We're trying to raise at least $350,000 more. Um, Part of that is because we want to be able to pay the contributors to the film. Um, You know, you got to pay for music rights, all those types of things, but... um, Most of the money, um, well, all the money that's raised on the GoFundMe, I believe, is going into the pockets of Black trans people. So that's super exciting. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. Um, But let's talk, I want to talk more about the prayer book.
1: Yes. So when you say prayer book, is it a book of meditational prayers? Well, the Black Trans Prayer book is, it comes out
2: of, similarly to the work that Jay Mesa III and I had already been doing, which is around um, recognizing that art is one, is spiritual and that in connecting artistry with spirituality and also understanding that the way that transphobia manifests in this modern current time is directly linked to colonization and white supremacy. Um, and so the framework from which we work um, through the book um, and in our own, like doing of workshops, like um, workshops at religious institutions and at universities is that we operate from the framework of black trans liberation theology, um, which basically like, you know, the seed of that is that trans people are, the trans people are divine. Mm -hmm. And that, um, and so the, the the Black Trans Prayer book itself actually contains, like, um, prayers, chants, spells, uh, stories, um, uh, like essays that are all written by at least 21 Black trans folks who are artists, activists. It is a beyond faith text. So what that means is that, of course, they're there um are pieces that are are rooted in um religious traditions such as lukumi ifa uh, buddhism christianity islam um and then there are also some folks who um, are agnostic and or atheists who have also contributed to the work
1: um yeah well, that's so beautiful. And it's not only something that is a beautiful uh, literature, sort of poetry and meditation, but also a little bit of education for someone like myself.
2: Absolutely. Yeah. I think that, you know, the center, I think that who, you know, who, who the book is written for and who the book is keeping in mind um, in the writing is that it truly does center and celebrate Black trans people. Um, however, um, I believe that the work can be read and, um, can be read and also there is a universality, um, there because what I have learned is actually through the art that I do is that when you don't center cis people, when you don't center white people, when you don't center, um says head folks the work actually the work actually does truly 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 um, allow for those folks to learn right <laughs> so when when they're not centered they actually learn a lot
1: <laughs> of course yeah but talking about uh, trans being divine, that's a true statement in some, some other cultures besides America, right?
2: Oh, you know, trans people being divine, I think, you know, this is the whole, I, this is the whole workshop, child. Like, it's trans people, what we now call trans people, right, or, or consider trans people have existed throughout time in indigenous cultures around the world, including the Americas. Um, and I say that with also understanding that, um, who we now call, um, who, who we now call trans folks, um, certainly within indigenous cultures will be considered two spirit, but not all two spirit people are trans within indigenous cultures here in the Americas. Um, but what I have found through, um, you know, my own research, my own experience, my own uncovering. Um, and, you know, I truly believe like, you know, the ancestors really like pouring all of this, this beautiful, 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 like acknowledging and, and knowledge about the divinity of trans folks. But I've learned is that trans, what we now call trans people And so many different cultures around the world um, were oftentimes holders of spiritual power in their communities. um, And they were seen as, they were, are (laughs) seen as essential um, to the survival of communities. And so oftentimes when colonizers would come and they they would colonize a certain part of the world, They specifically targeted um, trans, non binary, gender non conforming, um, third gendered individuals um, because
1: they understood um, that that's what was holding the community together. Yeah, that was what what is holding the community together. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. We just uh, recently spoke with. Ashley Goff, who is a Presbyterian minister, and she was she believed similarly to that, and and was giving examples of trans in the Bible and in the texts and interpretations, and also kind of making the point of of religion is culture is theater, um, and the two walk a very tight line next to each other and intersect a lot. Um, where would you say? Uh, I mean, it sounds like that's kind of exactly the line that you kind of thread is kind of a blend of that. Is that correct?
2: Yeah. Well, you know, I truly believe that the work that artists do is divine work, right? Like, I I feel like before the the before the amphitheaters of Greece, right there there truly was um, the theater of spirituality, and what I mean by that is that. This this kind of um, putting on of a character and or channeling a character and or reality of doing was certainly experienced in the storytelling traditions um, there in Africa, um, and that you know the 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 idea is that when the mask goes on, when the costume goes on that person is there and that and that the stories oftentimes are really discussing and 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 having humanity confront and or reclaim and or acknowledge um, their relationship to the cosmos and their relationship to themselves and their relationships to each other um, and I think that you know these are some kind of ways that we still operate within theater today. I think that you know as theater began to be seen as commercial and or secular, I think that people try to get away from this idea that really the work that theater is doing is sacred work, and therefore um, those who are doing the work deserve to be treated <laughs> um not as you know they don't they don't need to be treated as uh disposable throwaway. yeah yes that right cuz you truly um,
1: you truly <laughs> are you truly are uh a um a minister if that's that's probably the wrong word but a uh, a prophet, a, a storyteller, a, a minister of the arts that goes beyond what people think of the arts because there's such a higher connection and a higher responsibility to the community and the stories we're telling to um, be there for the community. Absolutely.
2: I mean, when you think about it, like if you think about a show, right, that's let's say it's two hours, even though I try to keep my shows to 90 minutes, but. <laughs> So do we people no right. people can't
0: pay attention
2: <laughs> but like you know say that the show is two hours right like everyone has come to that space and for that two hours people are transported transported and whatever way that means you know i think that when you study theater in school they call it the, the you know suspension of disbelief right they try to put these very academic terms on it but really what it is is that it's something about the spirit and so and so with that said i do believe that theater has the responsibility then theater institutions have the responsibility to really be members of the community and which they are um, a part of, um, and part of that responsibility is that I believe that theater institutions have, um, really, should be at the forefront of social change. Right. So you know, I'm you know I'm really not. I, I will say, I, Lady Jane Figueroa Didi, I'm not really interested in watching another Music Man. You know, Nina Simone says the art must reflect the times. It must, and co- what I interpret that as meaning is that the art really must be commenting on the times. It must be holding the mirror to the audience. It must be, um, It must be inviting us to heal. It must be inviting us to dismantle those oppressive systems that are impacting
1: the communities that are being reflected on stage. And in, and in order for our theaters to be responsible requires a response. Absolutely. And in that, that response is something active, not passive. Absolutely.
2: Absolutely. I mean, you know, <laughs> theater, theater institutions, <clears throat> I believe that theater is the artists who, who are making the art and that the institution is um, a building, an organization, etc. that artists has agreed, that artists collectively have agreed, um, has a responsibility to house some of that art. But like institutions could literally go away, theater institutions could literally go away tomorrow, but theater would still live. Right.
0: You know, absolutely, because it escapes institutions. It can be done in a park, in a parking lot, anywhere. That's where it came from. Right. I don't know about a parking lot. I don't uh, think that. <laughs> Look, you could do a cute
1: show in no, a parking no, no, no. lot. I, I
2: your knees might hurt, though, because, like, child, the gravel ain't really, ain't really. if you're dancing on the parking lot, gravel and shit, I don't know if your knees are going to be doing good after. Eight shows a week,
0: <laughs> very site specific, I guess. You know. Um, well, I mean, I so I guess what I keep going back to is um, I'm I'm looking at your website, and yeah. I love love how you describe describe yourself. You are dubbed the ancient jazz priestess of Mother Africa. Um, that's a really really great title. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> I mean, that encompasses everything. Um, yeah. And and how, like, what was your journey from uh, Little Dane, uh, finding the arts, uh, finding your spirituality? What was the spark? What was the, we've been talking about like Ring of Keys moment. You know, what is that like? Oh, my God, I see myself or I see what I want to do. Do you remember like not a, not a specific like it was five o'clock on Wednesday that, yeah. you know, but just the kind of era or where, where you kind of got your spark?
2: Yeah. So, I t- you know, I tell folks often that like I really come from a family of artists, even when those artists didn't do it professionally um you know quote unquote professionally <laughs> like what of does course. that even mean right like um and so you know i grew up you know my my mom and her siblings were singers um i had an aunt who was a jazz singer she would tour up and down the east coast with her husband who was a jazz pianist and his in his group um i had a, a trans auntie who was um she did drag um, and she couldn't sing, but she could dance. Right. Um, And you know, my mom and her siblings really um, saw that like I could sing when I was very young. And so they, they would take me to go see shows. So I actually remember being a child and seeing a tour of The Wiz with Stephanie Mills down at the Lyric in Baltimore. Oh, wow. Yeah, it, I mean, inc- incredible. And so, um, <clears throat> I like remember seeing, like, you know, little shows, um, down at the lyric, and you know, my mom playing music and, um, my family dancing around. And when we would have family gatherings, people sang songs together and learning how to harmonize. And then, of course, like growing up in church and singing in church and, um, I remember when I was a teenager, I had the choice between going to a high school that would really lead me on the path to being a lawyer, or going to a high to going to Baltimore School for the Arts. And if I were going, if I was going to go to Baltimore School for the Arts, that was essentially was going to lead me on the path to being an artist. And um, I chose Baltimore School for the Arts. Um, I remember my audition there. I think I sang "When the Saints Go Marching In" and. <laughs> they were like yes come be at the school
1: um
2: and yeah and i mean i i was doing cabarets probably since i was 15 because i was trying to raise money to go to college right and one of my sisters from baltimore school for the arts did a jazz show and she raised a lot of money to go to to college and she was like oh, you know what? It's it's great. So I remember I got with a few of my friends. I think I like paid them a little bit of money, right? And we did, we did a two-hour cabaret. And that was kind of the start of my um, cabaret career. And so as I grew up and I got older, when I wasn't being cast in shows professionally, I was doing cabarets and I was honing those skills. I was honing um how to talk to an audience i was honing the comedy right the 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 comedic timing and 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 then also through the singing through the singing of ballads in particular i was honing the storyteller component that it really takes to be able to deliver a heart-wrenching monologue or a gut-wrenching song you know what i mean like um and then I started getting cast in shows and I'm still doing cabarets, but it's like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but like when when I recognized that, that theater that that perhaps back then theater um didn't recognize my brilliance, I chose to create work, to write, to 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 do cabarets. Um and to do that work, and honor my own brilliance.
0: Right. yeah. I mean, it's cabaret for, for those of you who don't, uh, you know, dabble in that cabaret. Is such a different art than just concert singing or theater singing. It's it's. Uh, I didn't really understand what it was until I started kind of getting into Nancy Wilson, yes. and. And like her sitting down to do a set at the club is not a concert. It's a conversation. Yeah. It's yeah. storytelling. It's song storytelling. Absolutely. Um, and and it's, it's, it's so much more naked. It's so much more vulnerable. Um, yeah. And you've got to and there's I've seen. Uh, I think cabaret is misdefined in a lot of institutions in this area because they seem to define it as a, a sequence of songs with like some constructed forced banter before them, um, if at all. Uh, mm. When cabaret is really about the artists themselves or the subject they choose to, to cover, uh, enlighten. And it's, it's a real, I've seen some really brilliant stage actors get, a, you know, do a cabaret and I'm like, oh, that, that ain't your thing, honey. It's not for everybody. So yeah. to, to really have the, the talent and nerves to just kind of go out there and say, I can't hide behind anything. Yeah, This is just me is a really, really incredible um, gift that you, I know you have. Um, so I always, I, I love, I love a good diverse resume. Um, <laughs> and not only did you win a Helen Hayes for being a playwright. You've been nominated twice as a choreographer, um, <laughs> actress, I mean I just can't you do everything and I love people who do everything. I love we always say we love people who have a lot of commas. <laughs> um, so if you if you have all these different buckets, like what keeps you sane, what keeps you regimented, ordered, um, compartmentalized or not? Like, how do you kind of function your multi kind of faceted existence in the arts? Yeah, so
2: you know what's so funny? Let me first say that, you know, I, you know, I grew up being inspired by people like Nell Carter um, and, you know, Ntosaki, Shangay like who did for for color girls right like who wrote for color yep. girls um i so so like artists like those types of artists were artists who did everything who sang who danced who directed who wrote who you know and so i um, you know i think artists are artists and i think i think gifts are gifts right and i and so um of course you could, you could you could probably put it into some um you know when there's like probably like a you know a book written about my life and my genius right yeah. like you could probably be like oh you know she being a cabaret artist she had to direct and curate and 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 write the material, and or like be a good improv artist. And she had to sing the songs and she had to, because you know, putting together a cabaret show with the stories and the and the pieces and the flow of it, really does require a certain uh, curatorial skill um, and and a and a skill for storytelling. Um, that I think could certainly. Uh, those skills certainly helped me be able to write Clytemnestra. Um, but I, you know, I think that like, you know, an artist is an artist, and so for me, sometimes folks are like, "Oh, which one do you prefer? Or which one do you like the most? Or which one?" Do you? And I'm just like,
1: I have the gift to do all of them, so why not do all of them?
0: Right. You know. <laughs> it all comes from the same place yeah absolutely i know but is it like are you on the google calendar do you have like a planner <laughs> like what is your organism that's what i was trying Personal to say. Assistant. How, how do you <laughs> keep it all straight with all your theory what am i doing today right
1: <laughs> um wow i actually um
2: i actually will say that i have a calendar and it's typically, like, on my calendar or my meetings or indoor or, um, things that I have to do for the, you know, like, it's like, oh, I have a meeting with, for example, Jay the at, 3rd at noon. Or, oh, I have a meeting with um, the team at 2 or. Um, so you have, like, I, a
0: physical I, paper one, though. Like, that
2: absolutely. you write. Oh, I, oh, oh, absolutely. <laughs> um Listen. I, you know, technology is what technology is, honey. But like I, I, you know, I find that like having my, you know, having my written down schedule, some it helps me with organizing, uh, planning my day. It does. As I, far, I,
0: go ahead. I'm so. I was just going to say I only ask because sometimes I get made fun of because I have to have a planner. Not only do I have to have a planner, I have to have, a, there's a piece of paper on the wall every week that has our week day by day mapped out what it is. Yeah. And, and I have the backup of the like Google calendar, but I don't trust that shit. I just don't. I have to see it. <laughs> so I'm glad to hear you write things down too.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Child, listen. Okay. <laughs> listen. I'm killing um... <laughs> lots of trees
0: living this life, you know?
2: No, you ain't, child. You, child, you ain't killing lots of trees. Certain corporations are, but that's a whole nother podcast.
1: <laughs> Amazon's the
2: kill <laughs> Amazon
1: boxes. Amazon boxes. Right. Are you are you living in Washington? Um. Uh, yes, I'm. I'm living in
2: Washington. Um. You know, known as Washington D.C. I am here. Yeah.
1: Did Did we work together at Mimi's?
2: You know what, I don't know if we worked at Mimi's at the same time, but I think that that's where you and I first met one another. Yeah. Probably when you had come back to visit. Yeah.
1: Maybe. I mean, Mimi's, of course, was something that was not a full nor a part-time job. It was just kind of what it was. And I remember sometimes going there when I wasn't working, but sometimes being there when I was working,
0: Um. For those not in the notes it was mimi's american bistro and it was like a little like mini cabaret club kind of it wanted yeah. to be sardis yeah. <laughs> yeah but it ended up being shorties yeah.
1: <laughs> and now the- cute.
2: but i will say it was cute though when i think when i think back when i think back at mimi's before you know um before it was in decline it, you know realistically it was a place where I feel like artists could go and be artists and also um, make money.
1: Between yeah. shows, yeah. I've <laughs> always admired Andy Shalaw's, um, I guess, business models, if you will, because he kind of does that. I mean, Busboys and Poets now is a place where you just feel comfortable, whether you're eating, performing, reading, drinking. You're still sort of. Um, yeah, he 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 creates a wonderful sanctuary, and I, I love that about Mimi's. Except one time I waited on Phil Donahue, don't get me started. Uh, was it a mess? Well, I had to make a, I had to make the Caesar salad right there at the table because it was made oh. you know fresh, and I was
0: like shaking hmm. like a leaf. Oh yeah, he didn't yeah. tip well though. Oh wow, really? yeah breaking news we broke it here on the Connor and Smith show, Phil Donahue lousy tipper
2: <laughs> I mean I will say the one thing about about
0: Mimi's is that like like famous
2: people would come up in there he,
0: oh yeah, did you ever wait on a famous person
2: i did i did i can't I can't recall his name, but I remember he came in and I remember and I remember he was it was like kind of during the break. So so normally when people are waiting tables, there's like a little break between like four and six, between like the lunch and the dinner shift. Um, and so I was I was working between the break. And yeah, he came in and he he ate his, he, he ate a little bit of his food. He didn't eat everything. And I just was like, you know, you ain't gonna eat your food. You're not gonna take it out of here. I think he was shooting a movie um, in DC. So yeah, and then of course, um, back then, Shakespeare used to have their annual fundraiser at Mimi's. Mm-hmm. and I, I met like um, I met like Avery Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think who else was there. I can't remember who, who else was there that night. but I remembered Avery Brooks because he like wore sunglasses the whole time. <laughs> and he like, and it was like nighttime. And then he, like, performed, you know, Avery Brooks can sing jazz. Right. And he can play the piano. And I remember he sang a song. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I, that was a fun night. That was a fun
0: night. (laughs) Oh, good.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, what do you Anyone who know anyone who's ever worked with Avery Brooks knows why I'm laughing. (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, what coming- I think
2: he's an artistic. I think he's like an artistic genius. But like it was, it was a, it was a fun
1: night. Uh, go ahead. <laughs> so, what's coming? What's coming down the uh, pipeline in the future? What's what's going on now that theater is kind of opening up a little bit? Um, are you going to be p- performing in something? Are you writing something? Are you doing everything all, all at once? I know you've, you're working on this beautiful prayer book. is there a place to actually purchase the Black Trans prayer book when it's done or is it done?
2: Oh it, it yeah it is done. So so what we're working on now with the Black Trans Prayer book is the documentary
1: part of of of, of the work. And that so the is book, the documentary. Yeah. Okay. Yeah the, the
2: book is actually the book is actually done. You can go to the Black Trans Prayer Book org and you can purchase the copy. It's the place that's going to have the most affordable version. Um, on Amazon and other places, but it, it's um, it, it's it's <laughs> um, so if you if you want the most affordable um, the to you know you got to go on the website theblacktransparentbook.org. Um, I'm also I have a commission that's due on Thursday, a um, first draft, and so I need to finish that um, a week later uh, <laughs> from when it was actually due. Um, and then I am. Working on another script of 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 um of a play that I've I've kind of been thinking about for a while. Um, it's called Miriam the Savior. It's what part of my Baltimore cycle of plays. I am going to be playing Ruby and Seven Guitars at Arena Stage, which is super exciting. Wow. Um. So that's like super fun. That's going to be in the fall. And then after that, uh, Ghost Rider will be mounted at Rep Stage. They did the radio play version of it, um, I think, in May. And so next year, it's going to get its, you know, its, its debut, honey, on the stage. Right. Um, so I've written that, and I'm also in it. That's going to be directed by Daniel Drakes. And then uh, I don't know if they've announced their season yet, but I can't tell you. I'm going to be choreographing something next summer.
0: Oh, nice.
1: We and cannot...
2: also, I'm, I'm doing some filming for another project that I don't know if I can announce yet, but
1: that's coming up soon. I love that. I wish, had, I, I, wish I had something that I could not announce. <laughs> Unfortunately, everything's on Twitter. <laughs> well, listen, we love that you have joined us tonight. We, I have, we have just three more questions to ask you. And the first question yeah. is, During the the, uh, pandemic, a lot of people took on new, brand new, I'm going to learn something. I'm going to go back and learn the piano or the guitar. I'm going to learn how to bake French croissants. Did you take on a brand new uh, vocation during the pandemic? And now you're an expert in Francais?
2: (laughs) Uh, (laughs) um, Oh, my goodness. Maybe? I, I can Listen. Let me tell y'all something, okay? It has been, it has been a pretty uh, b- busy time. So may, you know, maybe. <laughs>
1: yeah, maybe maybe you just curated everything that you were working on, period, and didn't have, didn't need to look elsewhere. Uh, well, here's question number two: Was there something on the telly? That, you know, a lot of artists don't have time to watch, you know, the series of The Crown or the series of the mm. whatever. Did you get captivated in one of those Netflix things that was like, oh my gosh, I got to finish all 18 seasons of Harry Potter? <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So, so let me say
2: this because I've been talking about this a lot in meetings and artistic meetings with folks is that I truly do believe that artists that like, even when we're watching a show or we're watching, you know, a television show, whether it be film and television or it's a the theater or um, we are reading a book, we are working. Right. That is still, that's still working. Sometimes it can be, you know, work can be relaxing in some circumstances. So for some of us, it can be relaxing um, if we're not obligated to do a whole bunch of other things that day. But, um, so first let me say that. Secondly, okay, there are some shows that I think were phenomenal. Um, I think Watchmen with, you know, Regina King was phenomenal. I think that um, WandaVision, Disney Mm Plus, I thought it was really a phenomenal series. That was kind of like, for a while, WandaVision, like, I was writing up, like, because I'm a huge comic nerd. And so I was, I would watch WandaVision, and then I'd give, like, theories and stuff, and um, I'd share, like, some comic knowledge with people, and people really liked that, so... That was a lot of fun. Um, oh my goodness! I, I I watched so I watched so many things during um during the uh pandemic. You know what movie I thought was really really great? Well, um, for, forty year old version on Netflix with Steve Carell. No. <laughs> Oh my goodness! No. I was like that—that 40- that old movie. No, forty-year-old version. It's written by. Oh my goodness! Not
0: Virgin you... version. Yeah, version.
2: Got you. Yeah, guys. yeah. It's, it's, it's about it's about a black, um, a black playwright and her essentially, um, having kind of like having to deal with you know, all the kind of bullshit that sometimes you have to deal with when you're trying to produce a show on Broadway. Um, And her really trying to figure out like what she wants to do with her life. And um, I I think that it's a series that's really about, um, I I say love affair. Um, That's kind of like the, the best Uh, words in English that I can use to describe it but it also is really about a a love affair between herself her art and also her best friend who is her manager and um, she is a black she's she's they're both the leads Uh, she's black and he is Asian and it really is uh, if anyone has ever worked in the theater before us Especially if you're black, brown, or indigenous, it is a theory, it is a movie that really is illuminating of so many of those experiences um, in dealing with systems of oppression uh, in artistic institutions.
0: um, My final question is, um, so Matthew is producing our colleague Susan Derry's holiday album that's called I Wish It So and it's got us thinking about wishes and what a wish really means and a manifestation of hope. Um, And so we've been asking our guests as a final question. We're also working with an artist named Sushmita Mazumdar who has a studio in Arlington and we're gonna have an unboxing. I made a wish box, Mm -hmm. which it was, there's been several different versions of it. The first one was really busted. Um, and so I improved it. This one is a little, well, I think it's a lot better, but it'll probably be in another incarnation by the time we do this in the winter. But um, we're going to unbox the wishes. And then Sushmita's going to turn the wishes into kind of paper art projects um, that, that people will kind of get a barometer, a time capsule of artists, you know, in the pandemic and emerging from it of where kind of culturally everyone's minds and hearts were. So I've been asking everyone to th- tell me just the first thing that comes to the top of the mind, if you had one wish for yourself, your family, the country, the world, what would it be? Um, To uh, dismantle
2: white supremacy completely, internally and systematically.
0: Yep. <laughs> yep. Um, That is A wish that lots of us have, and I hope more people do, um, are getting educated about that. Um, And thank you. I I want everyone to remember. So if people want to just get more general information about you, what your website for everybody is? My website is
2: www.ladydanefe.com.
0: Brilliant. And there are other links to get to all the other projects you have there on your site, Correct. Absolutely. There should
2: be. And if not, if you want to donate to the Black Trans Prayer Book, um, or you want to buy the book, um, you want to buy a copy of the book, I should say, you can go to theblacktransprayerbook.org. Perfect.
0: Perfect. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're very honored to have you. And Much love. We can't wait to see, follow, watch, and see what's next. And order the book. Yes. And and a good luck on reaching that deadline. We know how that feels. That is pressure.
2: <laughs> it's only a 10 minute, so it's oh, only a 10 minute. Yeah, you got this,
0: you got yeah. this, you can do it.
2: <laughs> well, thank y'all so much for having me. I have a good one, y'all.
0: You too. <laughs> Take care. Bye. Thank you so much, Lady Dane, for spending time with us reminder, if you want to check out uh, the Black Trans Prayer Book, please check out www.TheBlackTransPrayerBook.org If you want to know more about Lady Dane, please check out www.LadyDane the letter F, the letter e.com um, Thank you for spending time with us. We really appreciate it. Um, and if you want to know more about us, you can always visit www.Connor with an E-R, Smith Musicals.com. Um, you can also find us on Facebook under Connor and Smith. Um, please rate, review, subscribe to our podcast. Really helps us out. Um, and as we always say, turn, turn your, your heart comment. into art. Bye, everybody. Good night.